Hey, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And this is The The Business Business Family. Family. You're listening to episode three of The Business Family. On today's episode, we dive into Elizabeth Poole's unique lifestyle that led to the creation of Four Star Family Cyclery. We talk about niche markets, how to start a business without getting funded, and breaking the mold within your industry. So let's jump on in. All right. Hey, guys. We are here with Elizabeth Cool of Four Star Family Cyclery, which we are super excited about. Um, Elizabeth is a mom of two girls married to her husband, Nate, who is an architect here in the city. And uh, they own, yeah, Four Star Family Cyclery. They've been bikeless for how many years? Carless. Carless. Uh, not bikeless. We, have, definitely not we bikeless. have way too many bikes. <laughs> They've been carless for um, 10 years. 10 mm-hmm. years. And you have two daughters who are how old? They are seven and a half and five. So with kids and newborns. So super impressive, super fun. We met Elizabeth kind of on a random happenstance and did some work for her. And she's been becoming just a really close friend of ours. And um, we've just watched your business grow, which has been super cool. So kind of start off with you know, a little bit of a timeline, like tell us a little bit about you and Nate, about your girls, about how Four Star started. Well, thanks for having me. It's really fun. It is really fun. Um, so we, well, so our car-free life started 10 years ago when we moved to Chicago. Um, we got married. Um, my husband had already been living here for a year and I moved, I sold my car and moved here. Um, we were renting an apartment in a really like transit oriented neighborhood where we had train buses, lots of different options. And we didn't make a lot of money at our jobs (laughs) at all. So, um, it was made sense to not have the costs of a car. Um, plus we only had street parking and it just seemed like really stressful and not fun. Um, so we moved to Chicago 10 years ago, no car. Um, seven years ago, we had our first kid. Um, everyone said, well, now surely you'll get a car for the baby. (laughs) Um, and I was kind of like, why does the baby need a car? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, and we were really open to it, but we just kept being like putting it off. Um, like, oh, we'll talk about it next month. Um, and we've just kept putting off buying a car now for a decade. <laughs> I love it. Because um, we're lazy. It's like <laughs> honestly easier to not have to deal with all the stuff related to a car. Um, and we save so much money that anytime we start talking about getting a car, we're just sort of like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, I think you don't realize how much money you spend on a car if you've just always had one. But when you don't have one and then you think about getting one, um, the costs associated are just sort of the ongoing costs are kind of mind boggling, yeah. um, at least to our monthly budget. <laughs> um, yeah. So we had our first kid and then we had another daughter two and a half years later. Um <laughs> Pause. <laughs> real life. Real We've life. We've got real kids. kids here today real for life the recording. <laughs> oh, jeez. Knew that was coming. <laughs> Cute children. Anyway, go ahead. So um, and your second daughter comes yep. around. Yeah. So then we had two kids, and I didn't bike a ton when we had our first. Um, 
And then when she used a, a lot of public transportation, yeah, we used or, a lot of public transit okay. and a lot of walking and sure, you know, groceries in the stroller, like every urban parent does. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when she was one, I got a cargo bike. Um, my, I told my husband I wanted a cargo bike. He was the one who biked a ton, and um, I didn't really bike much at all. And but I saw these bikes online and I was like, I need one of these. Um, and so I was like, hey, I think I want a cargo bike. And he was like, you don't even like biking. <laughs> Which is now famous last words. Um, but we got a cargo bike and started really small, like, you know, riding half a mile to the library. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a second kid and I added another kid onto the back of my bike. And... We kind of slowly worked up to riding year-round, mostly because it's still, like, faster than waiting for the bus or the train, and we're outside for, like, exactly the same amount of time um, as waiting for the bus, but we get to be warm because we're riding. Nice. So what was your first cargo bike then? Yeah, so I got a, um, it was called the Cargo Joe, and it was a collaboration between Extra Cycle and Turn, which are two bike companies. Um, Turn makes folding bikes, and Extra Cycle made, makes cargo bikes. Um, and so they kind of put their two bikes together to make this crazy folding long tail. Fun. Uh, which was the only bike that we could fit in our fourth floor walk up. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. So you're hauling would, the bike upstairs. No, okay, no, no. That's So I good. needed to buy something that could fit under the stairs. Oh, okay. In our um, like entryway. Yeah. That we had locked doors and then, you know, people stored stuff like bikes nice. for the building down there. So I needed to be able to store my bike without taking up everyone's space. <laughs> that I was my it. very first cargo bike that started everything. I love it. Love it. And then where, when did Four Star Family Secretary come into play? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we started in April of 2017. So we okay. just finished our second full year. Um, on to the third year, which is crazy. Uh, it's been kind of a blur. Um, yeah. So two years old officially in April. Cool. So when you contacted us... So what happened was Elizabeth got my name because she saw some video or photo work I did for my brother at the time, right? Yes. Yeah, one of my friends who also owns a small business and goes to your brother for yeah, chiropractic car- work, yeah. like posted something about I, how great, well, how I was great doing they were. All this stuff for my brother for free right when we moved to the city, literally, so that this would happen. I would then you somebody would see it, and then. Like connect and this was right when we moved to the city and I was like holy cow somebody sees the work and she didn't have any money to pay me but we ended up making an awesome trade love it fantastic it made a friendship out of it a lot of other things have happened because of it and now here we are both just like on the same journey of growing our businesses mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun it is a lot yeah. of fun and her she's just being like scrappy she's like can I buy you a cup of coffee to talk about taking pictures for me and I was like <laughs> Also, I have no money. <laughs> I think I, I think I actually wrote that in the email. You, you probably like, started wanna, with that. Yeah. I don't want to like lead him on here, yeah. but also I really want him to take pictures of me. Also, I have no money. <laughs> <laughs> and I still met with her because I didn't have any money or clients yet either. 
So I knew that one of the ways for me to then grow my business and grow my portfolio was to connect with other small local businesses to do that. And at the start, that's what I did. Now, I usually need money to do work. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> It's perfect. But we all we all start exactly. somewhere, yes. right? And yep. started together yeah. at the bottom yep. <laughs> with no money. And she she's like, right, can we be friends? Um, I don't drink coffee. And I was like, oh gosh, you don't have any money and you don't drink yeah. coffee. Two but strikes at a, at against a coffee shop. me. Yeah. Just kidding. It was awesome. I think I got tea. You did. You did. You <laughs> and you nice still tea. talked to me. So. About coffee. That was yeah. nice. Yep. Even as professional photographers and videographers we found ourselves using our cell phones to capture a lot of our on-the-go content for both our family and our business. That's why we purchased Moment Lenses. Moment makes a variety of lenses and photography gear for your mobile device that can elevate your cell phone camera to a more professional quality. If you're interested in learning how Moment Lenses can up your cell phone game, check out thebusinessfam.com moment and get 10% off any of your purchase. Awesome. Well, Tell me a little bit about, um, I know that, well, for everyone out there, like our kids actually were nannied together, um, but I want to talk a little bit about your business philosophy and kind of how that's translated into like how you and Nate have- And what she means by our kids were nannied together was we became friends yes. and we both needed a couple, we started to the point where we needed a couple days to work. So we decided, well, you have kids, we have kids, let's just get one nanny, it'll be cheaper, we could split it. And we did that, it was awesome. And then... Did that for like a year. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was cool. like a year and a half, yeah. I think. Yep. So that was fun. It was super fun. Um, but I know like you're kind of in this niche market mm-hmm. of family biking, it's in the name of your business and everything. Mm-hmm. And tell me a little bit about that. I just, I know you get like fiery about it and I want you to. <laughs> it's awesome just kind of like the you talk about the culture of biking of bike stores all that kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. and what you saw a need for mm-hmm. um so a lot of um bike culture is kind of notorious for a not being very welcoming or supportive of women necessarily um and then especially Uh, Women with children who don't come from a sort of hardcore cycling background, um, it can be really hard to feel like you're not just a big idiot. Um, They're very, sometimes people are very happy to make you feel that way. Um, If you want to go in and talk about riding with kids. Now, there's plenty of bike shops that aren't like that, and I'm, I'm not trying to like paint them all with that brush, but there are enough that I know dozens and dozens of women personally who have had really terrible experiences at bike shops um regardless of whether they want to bike with kids or not um there's also just a really sort of specialized knowledge set that has evolved as cargo bikes have you know really come onto the u.s market um and so there's all you know just a real need for sort of specialized care for these bikes and for the families that are using them um it really the these bikes are used differently um than a lot of other bikes um you know it's not like a bike that you can just not you can get away with not having for a little while um for a lot of families these bikes are their primary or secondary source of transportation for their 
family, you know, getting to school, getting groceries, all of that stuff. Um, and so the way that we care for those bikes is also really focused on on that um rather than it being like oh it's not a problem for you to have your bike in the shop for two weeks like that's an eternity for a mom who needs to get her kids Mm -hmm. to school um so yeah we kind of come at it from a really different um perspective we're not like a normal bike shop at all um sometimes i ask myself like would a regular bike shop do that do this if the answer is yes then it probably means that we shouldn't (laughs) that's hysterical (laughs) sorry like someone's gonna come and egg my house now but um yeah um i think that there's also just a huge need as people um you know i don't i don't think that anyone can argue that our environment is um improving by any stretch of the imagination. Um, And there's, I think parents especially feel a lot of, you know, pressure and like care for wanting to leave their kids a world that's not radically affected by global warming any more than it already is. Um, And so people are really looking for alternatives um, to avoid, especially our families that we work with is generally trying to avoid purchasing a second car, um, which, you know, the environmental impacts of are huge. But as people are looking to cycling as this sort of transportation replacement vehicle, um, again, there's just a lot of kind of specialized knowledge that goes into really helping those people find the right bike, find a bike that they can use almost year round in Chicago. Um, You know, how old are your kids? Like there's just a ton of questions that can really go into finding the right bike for you. That's a good fit for your family and that you're going to get a lot of mileage and use out of rather than just any old bike that, you know, Joe Schmo recommended at the back of the bike shop, maybe because he was tired of talking to you, (laughs) just wanted to get rid of you. Um, That bike is probably not going to like fit your life as well. Um, What, what do some of these cargo bikes look like? Because a lot of people probably have no clue what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, they look awesome. <laughs> Metal. There it is. Um, they look like the future. Um, so there's two styles of bikes, pretty much, for carrying kids, which you can either have the kids in the back behind you, which, depending on the length of the bike, is either called a long tail or a mid tail. So it's a regular bike in the front, pretty much. And then it has an extended wheelbase, so you can fit two or three kids kind of basically on bench behind you there's also what people call bucket bikes or bock feats um, is the dutch word for them um people say they look like a wheelbarrow in the front that's what is most mm-hmm. kind of colloquially referred to as um but those have basically an extended wheelbase in the front and you can fit a bunch of kids and stuff and all up front, which is nice because then you can kind of see what's going mm-hmm. on. And well, that's what you ride mainly, right? I mostly ride a Bachfeets. Yep. Right on. They're, and they come with ESS. They come without ESS. Yeah. They come so with we, awesome lights. They come with cool. They're they're sweet. They're really cool. Me and Kristen had one. We returned. We returned it. We didn't return. <laughs> it. We sold it when we had her because we couldn't ride it as much. 
now she's to the point where she can ride and we wanted to upgrade it anyways to something with e-assist so Kristen can just feel a little bit more comfortable riding easier with both kids and loading it and just it makes it more of a daily user for her because she wasn't loving not having it be so mm-hmm. now we're looking to get another one because Kristen was really missing having a bike this summer yeah. yeah another big reason that i started four star was because i was really frustrated with um i had a cargo bike that wasn't didn't have electric assist and it got to the point where both my kids and the bike plus any of our stuff basically outweighed me um and it felt it mm-hmm. was starting to feel really tippy and cumbersome to mm-hmm. ride and i would just be like totally exhausted which i had like a three-year-old and a one-year-old like i don't need to feel more exhausted (laughs) um and it made me not want to ride my bike so i started talking about you know researching getting electric assist on my bike um and so many of the people that i talked to just had really kind of nasty things to say about bikes with electric assist oh of Um, course you know, like that's cheating. I like to use the legs the good Lord gave me like all the, you know, and all hundred percent across the board from athletic men who are like twice my size, sure. uh, which is like, so cool. I'm glad you don't feel right. this way on your bike. Uh, I do like this is my <laughs> experience. Yeah, totally. Um, and so there were no bike shops in Chicago that were specializing in electric cargo bikes. Um, And so I really felt like there was an opening there for someone to kind of champion these bikes as a source of legitimate transportation for families um, because no one else was doing it. Um, And yeah, it's been awesome. It's more than 50% of the bikes that we sell are electric assist. Um, And so, so is sales, all of what you do is just bike sales. Like what is, what is your, what does the business look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we do sales, rentals and service. Cool. Um, So you buy a bike from us, we will service it happily um, in an ongoing fashion. Hopefully we don't see you too often. Um, And then we also offer a really unique rental program, which is just another thing that I saw that no one else was doing. Uh, The cargo bikes just cost so much money. They're a big investment, especially from our super car oriented culture where people are like, oh, I could buy a used car for that amount of money. It's just like, yeah, you could. It also costs you way more money in the long Mm -hmm. run. Um, But coming from that sort of car centric thinking, um, being able to test out the bikes for a little bit of a longer period of time really helps people kind of identify Mm. like, well, maybe we could do this or maybe we couldn't do this. Um, So that's why we do the rentals. Um, We also rent to lots of people who are own cargo bikes elsewhere and then are visiting Chicago because once you live with a cargo bike, you can't imagine life without it. Um, And then, uh, yeah, we sell lots and lots of cargo bikes too. Awesome. So that's what we do. So is this so this is your full time job, all that you do. Do you not work? all that I do. <laughs> exactly. What do you mean by that? Oh, uh, what do I mean by that? Uh, so before I started the business, I was the full time caretaker of both of our children. Um and I homeschool our kids. So I have 
I don't know, at least two full-time jobs. Awesome. Um, That's crazy. I own a business and I teach my kids things and also occasionally try and do laundry. <laughs> Very occasionally. Um, yeah, that's what I do. I, and I also try to be a, you know, a good wife and neighbor. So it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> was there any thought because you are doing homeschooling and obviously like you and Nate have decided that you're the main caretaker at home. Was there any thought like, I don't know if I can start this now or was there like a lull in starting four stars simply because of time and the yeah. constraints of that? Um, yeah, pretty much almost every day I ask myself like, why am I doing this? <laughs> this is insane. Um, but I also love it like it's so rewarding and so satisfying um so i knew going into this that you know my stuff at home probably wasn't really gonna change radically um and so i set up the business basically to accommodate my other responsibilities in life um so we are a very non-traditional uh, retail business in that we work by appointment only um, and what that means is I have the flexibility to set my own schedule mm -hmm. um, and our mechanics work, you know, as needed. Um, they have their own schedules, but we're not just like open for walk-in service, um, which is actually really, really nice. Um, sure. I have talked to so many people who own bike shops and other retail um, focused stores um, and retail is just brutal. Um, I mean, you post your hours and then you have to be there whether or not anyone else is there. Sure. Um, in a lot of ways, I think it sort of becomes a prison to a lot of people. Um, and I also knew that I wanted this to be like a long-term sustainable thing and not just get super, super burned out right out of the gate. Um, which is hard when you're starting a business and there's so much to do and so many demands on your time and energy. So working by appointment only has basically, that's the key to my sanity. There you go. How, how have you balanced like always being on, like as a business owner, I know this for myself too. Like I'm always on, I'm always thinking about the business. I'm always wanting to respond to emails because the more quickly and efficiently I respond to emails means possibly more money in the bank and, but also then being present with your family as well. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we all have, you know, you only have, you have a set amount of hours in your life. Um, and we all sort of decide where we're going to sacrifice mm -hmm. something. Something has to go. So mine are laundry <laughs> and uh, sleeping. I don't really do a lot of either of those. <laughs> um, do you watch TV? Not really. See? No. Yeah. Um, Common thread in successful people who start businesses, they don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah. Because they just don't have time to do I it because they're too I busy like time. working and doing what they're passionate about. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. We don't even oh, like have a television at our house. Um, if we watch anything, it's on like a tiny iPad and our whole family like <laughs> curls up on the couch in front of the iPad. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so that's that's a big part of it. I just this summer decided I'm not working Mondays and Tuesdays, like absolutely. 
I've had to come in a few times, but sure. um, that has been really, really wonderful for my uh, mental health. And then just time with my sure. time with my kids um, feeling like, you know, we can those are sort of our adventure days. And mm-hmm. also, well, we kind of do one adventure day and then one like at home day just sure. to get everything kind of done for the rest of the week. Um, I can talk a little bit about like how I balance homeschooling and, um, people always have questions about this. Um, so we do school year round because I firmly believe that if you half ass school all year, (laughs) it counts the same as doing like really good school for like eight months of the year. Um, my kids are also, you know, not doing like algebra or anything right now. It's all really pretty simple stuff. Um, so we try and do school for um, two hours every day. Um, that's every day, Saturday, Sunday. No, okay. every day of the week, like definitely Monday through Thursday. Sometimes we take either Monday or Friday off, kind of depending on if we're going to like go to a museum or to sure. beach or whatever. It's summer. Go to the beach. Um, sometimes we bring our math and do math at the beach. Um, so one to two hours of school every day. And then, um, I have childcare two full days a week, um, from our babysitter who's totally saving my life this summer. Thank you. Shout out babysitters. Um, and then my husband has transitioned to, he works from home one day a week. Um, and then, so he gets up really early and works like six or seven hours um, until lunchtime. And then he takes the kids after lunch and I head to the shop and work like an eight hour day from 12 to eight or nine. Um, So, and then I work a lot of weekends. Um, My work is pretty weekend heavy. So that is how we have sort of cobbled together family time and school and business. Um, My kids have a, quiet time every day which is also really important for because they're not napping anymore they don't nap anymore that's my parenting tip my only parenting tip ever that i'll give anyone (laughs) is uh don't ever let your kids figure out that nap time can stop (laughs) um they don't have to sleep but they just have to go in their room um and be like yeah i mean i don't even care what they're doing there as long as there's no like crashing or screaming or blood great so that's i usually have about an hour in the middle of the day to um like triage email make phone calls that kind of stuff on the days that i'm not totally at the shop so that's kind of how it all yeah all the pieces of the puzzle fit together so do you have people working for you right now mm-hmm. yeah so i've had a a string of mechanics um over the last couple of years um, but it's you basically running all of the business administration. Yep. I do everything else. And then they just um, kind of do the work of building bikes and fixing work. bikes. And yep. Crazy. Um, yeah. So I pretty much handle all of the like business administrative stuff. And then I do all of the sales. Um, so I meet with our potential customers. Sure. Um, we have, we call them test ride appointments. So they come in. They book online, um, come in and spend about 45 minutes to an hour trying out all of our bikes. Um, we talk about 
whatever they want to talk about. There's usually tons of questions. And then um, our mechanics do all of the builds and service. Um, and occasionally when I can't come in, I ask them to handle like sure. a pickup or a drop off, um, which is super nice. So, What is one like or the main thing or let me change that question. If, you, if somebody wanted to start their own business and they asked you for advice, what was like, what would be like the main piece of advice you'd give them? Mm. Uh, it has to work for you. It, it has to be able to be a sustainable part of your life. Um, I think there's a lot of temptation to like look at what other people are doing, especially with, you know, similar businesses, mm -hmm. business types. So like literally every other bike shop in the country that I knew of whenever I started had hours mm -hmm. and a lot of them are open six or seven days a week for like 12 hours at a time. Sure. So that was basically my, like what I was comparing sure. myself to. And I just kept coming up against like, I, there's no way I can sure. make this happen. Um, even if I like hired a full-time staff right out of the gate, which is also crazy. Right. Um, you can't, you can't do that. And so I had to, innovate um think about you know what's the what does my customer base really mm -hmm. want um and it turns out they don't really want to just us to be open all the time either uh, people say all the time like oh so nice i love that i can just go online and book when right. works for me because then they know when they come in they, they have your attention too yeah they have undivided attention right. um it, it just really it makes everything better and it's more personal um, it's not yeah it's but, that is nice there was so much, I felt so much pressure from myself and so, so many people were like, that's never going to work. That's not how you do a bike shop. Um, really? <laughs> like, says who? You're right. Exactly. Um, so I think that's my, probably my number one piece of advice is like, figure out where you need to meet your customers and figure out how it can work for your life in a long-term sustainable mm -hmm. way. There's just so much glorification of like the hustle and right. like killing yourself over right. basically like ruining your life right? Um, in order to like have a great Instagram account about building a business. And I just, I don't think that that's realistic. Um, so you don't do much social media. You do a little. I see you post every once in a while. Like every time somebody buys a bike, you post. Pretty much. And yep. is that pretty much it? And then when you're like at an event, what is your main source of like marketing and like how do you get people to sign up and come in your door that's not open unless they book an appointment? Right. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it is. It's awesome because um, it's working. <laughs> right. That's that's the wild thing. Right. Like, it actually works. Um, so most of our business is from referrals. Okay. Um, and every time someone buys a bike, we send them out with a stack of business cards um, in a little plastic bag so they don't get wet on the bike. Oh, so they keep it on their bike. They keep it on the bike. I mean, we, that's what we suggest. Sure. I say, I'm going to give these to you. No pressure to give them out. But I can tell you right now that all the time people are going to be stopping you mm -hmm. and asking you about your bike. And if you don't want to talk to them, <laughs> you can just hand them a card and ride away. Because <laughs> um, that's what you've done to stop talking to people so many years. Yeah. I'm late to everything because people always want to talk about bikes. That's awesome. Um, so I can't tell you how many times we've had someone call 
um, or book an appointment online and say like someone gave me your card at the park. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, three, almost four years ago, um, a friend and I started a f- private Facebook group too, um, called Chicago family biking community. Um, which I've now I've stepped away from any involvement in that, but, um, there's almost 2000, I think it's over 2000, sure. um, local parents in that mm-hmm. group now. Um, and so that's just a really wonderful natural place for people to talk about their bikes mm-hmm. and there's constant you know daily questions right. like i want to ride with my kids where should right. i go um and i used to really partic- participate sure. a lot in that group um but now every time i finally like go log on to facebook at 11 p.m um you know i have like 14 notifications from that group and it's like 10 of our customers have already tagged me and linked to our facebook page and said like you should go talk to elsbeth it's better to come from them too it's so like it makes me honest like it makes me want to cry every time i see that because it's just like hearing from their experiences of how the bikes have changed their lives um it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. um and i'm so grateful every time i always try and like go on and comment and say like thank you so much for referring us um because that's such a big part of our business. It's awesome. Um, yeah, a lot of the bike companies that we sell bikes for have dealer locators on their websites. So that's also a big factor. Um, you know, if someone's been doing a lot of research, they've probably also found us through like, oh, I want an extra cycle. They go on extra cycles website. What does that locator. process look like? Because like you had to become a dealer somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, money. That's how. You just have to buy bikes from you them. You gotta buy bikes. Got it. Um, so you just have to have an inventory, and then all of a sudden you become a dealer of mm-hmm. them. Got it. Yep. Yeah. And there's lots of you know paperwork to sign. Sure. All that fun stuff. Sure. But what other questions were there? Kristen's over there nursing our child because we're a family, and we're doing this when we can, and it's awesome. Yep. All right. One last question: How has having kids influenced the philosophy of your business? Uh, we are a 100% family friendly business. Hence um, the name. That means we have a couch yeah. for people to nurse babies on. <laughs> uh, we have a big pile of kids' toys in the corner. Um, all of our mechanics have to be uh, willing <laughs> for there to be a million kids like rolling around in here. Um, and my kids are here at work with me a lot. Um, so yeah, I think being like meeting the youngest members of the family Mm -hmm. kind of on their level, um, does so much for the whole family and to sort of reassure the parents that this is like a welcoming, lovely place. And, um, you know, we've had plenty of meltdowns. I have secret lollipop stash for children who just need a little like (laughs) that last 20 minutes. Um, we also do, um, so part of our test ride process is we, you know, you can take as many of the bikes out for a test ride as you want. Um, but a lot of them, you know, we kind of recommend that parents ride the bike themselves first, uh, which can be awkward, right? A lot of times it's like one parent and a couple kids here. Um, not always two parents at once. And so we have just kind of gone out of our way to, kind of 
try and get the kids comfortable with us, like mm-hmm. from the moment they've walked in the door so that then when it's time for the parent to go for a ride, we can say like, Hey, you can go take a lap around the block and we'll just hang out here with the kids. So like I will sit down on mm-hmm. the floor and we'll start playing Playmobil or Legos or whatever, magnet tiles, whatever they want to play just for like two minutes mm-hmm. that mom or dad is gone. Um, and yeah, so just kind of going out of our way to be accommodating and helpful, um, Don't like worry. that, I think is, you know, speaks volumes. Sure. Um, yeah. I have had so many kids come in and, uh, we have like a super cool work stand and kids always want to know how it works, which I think is amazing. Um, and I will never not take the time to show them that how a counterweight works yeah um and like let them yeah see how the stand pulls the bikes up um because why why not like that's right. such an amazing experience as a kid to have an adult who will like let you kind of interact with their work stuff mm-hmm. rather than it being like no yeah know, no kids here right um it shows opportunity of something different than they thought for their future to be honest too mm-hmm. yeah it's really fun yeah i so. love it I think that the other thing I would say to anyone who's considering starting a business is um, don't fall into the trap of being in debt. Um, You know, there's a lot of times where you do need to kind of take that initial risk. um, But there's also a whole lot of ways that you can probably get creative and work with what you have or like barter. Mm -hmm. Right. We know all about that. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that's one of the other things that can really kind of steal your joy, Mm -hmm. um, and puts, you're already under so much pressure. You don't need more pressure kind of added to that. What's already on your back. Um, so staying out of debt as much as you possibly, possibly can, um, is a huge freedom. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and keeps your business from ruling you. Sure. I guess that's for me, that's been the biggest thing. Totally. Like, I don't want to be ruled by my business. I want to love what I do. And mm-hmm. um, sure, there's going to be hard days and difficult customer service situations and all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, knowing that I don't have a ton of debt hanging over my head um, because we started really small and just <clears throat> kind of kept. Yeah. snowballing um and there was a whole lot of stuff that i wanted to do and was like right. well i can't do that until i right kind of level up here sure um so working smart like that, that um, is huge for totally. quality of life and like emotional well-being totally. i think um which and and you had some people like they start businesses and it's their only income. Mm-hmm. And then like people like you, you also have another income, whether it be a lot, a little, like a little, I have no clue, mm-hmm. but like, how, how do you think that that's possible for people to do where they're starting a business and it is their only income or what would you recommend for them to do in that situation? Yeah, I, I definitely think that, you know, my situation is more unique. We figured out how to live on one not enormous income, sure. but you know, ask me the last time we went on vacation. Exactly. <laughs> Never. 
<laughs> we've oh, it's a great never point. gone on vacation, yeah. which, you know, I know to a lot of people is like really, that's a really important part of sure. their life. To us, we've decided like, well, maybe we'll go on a vacation someday. Right. Um, but until then, we're going to take the money that would go towards that or anything yeah. else um, and put it towards slowly investing in sure. a business um, and also, you know, supporting four people on right. also we don't have a car so we save right. a ton of money i feel like i keep saying this yeah. but like it's little things like that sure. um that all kind of add up yeah. and um i think definitely for some like larger scale businesses where you're immediately trying to like support yourself um and maybe other people too um yeah you may be in a position where you need to actually take out a significant loan I think the biggest thing is, you know, again, it's like staying within your means. It's not sure. wrong at all to take right. out a loan, but don't again, like don't fall into the trap of yeah. comparing yourself to what other businesses have done. Um, I'm a huge fan of this guy. Um, his name is Mike Mikhailowitz. Okay. Um, I don't he know. wrote, he's written a bunch of books. Um, his like funny one of his first ones he wrote is called the toilet paper entrepreneur. Um, but it's his whole shtick is basically about like building a business within your means, um, and not overextending yourself mm -hmm. again, because it, then it becomes this like toxic circle of yeah. juggling, yeah. you know, accounts paid and accounts right. receivable. Right. <laughs> um, and how that like, you know, destroys you mm -hmm. as a person so often. Um, He's written some really great, great books about um, about that. And then also his latest one is called Clockwork, which is about like time management and teaching your business to run without you. I'm uh, I keep reading and just sort of softly crying. But uh, why? <laughs> it's really inspiring. Like his whole thesis is that eventually you should be able to leave for a month sure. and everything will Keeps run going. so it's all about you know like creating systems and evergreen content hmm. and you know hiring people yeah. and that kind of stuff so it's like really inspiring i don't think Sounds i awesome. can ever leave for a month right now sure but maybe someday that's great so it's a great start side question new question my favorite so you went to college to obviously be a business owner, probably have like your master's in like business uh, management, entrepreneurship, right? Definitely not. Well, see what I, the heck. How, I, do you, how do you even do this? You didn't go to college for it. I never even graduated from college. See, what, do you, what are your thoughts on college? Waste of time and money. <laughs> sorry. There you have it. Um, there you have it. Yeah. Sorry, mom and dad. Actually, my, my parents don't really well, care. I think that I think that there's occupations that probably you should go to college for like being a doctor definitely i want doctors to go to college for sure but and man, more than college in 2019 <laughs> there's just so much opportunity out there with the mm -hmm. internet and us living in america specifically to really if you mm -hmm. if you have vision you have passion and you got your head on a little straight, not even fully yeah. straight. And you don't watch TV. Just kidding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't need a college degree to do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I will say. And that goes back, back to, to debt. The, right. Back to the yeah. like, like how do we make it work financially? Um, one of the biggest pieces of our financial story that I think, again, like a lot of businesses, it's just sort of this mystery 
Um, like, how do they make it work? Um, so part of the way that we make it work is um, neither of us had debt. Mm. Any like when we got married, we had zero debt, which is crazy. Um, but that was because my husband had his college paid for. Um, and I dropped out of college, so I didn't have to keep paying for for? it. Uh, Russian studies, you know, totally relevant to what I'm doing today. (laughs) That's a Um, yeah. So, but that's a, you know, a big part of why we were able to put some cash into the business initially because we don't have a monthly, um, loan payment that we're trying to deal with. And I know so many people that do you have that right now and it's, it's crippling sure um so i don't know sorry kids like you should probably still go to college I, but I, I maybe don't agree. not <laughs> i don't the whole I, uh, like concept of you should go to college i think is is skewed and will be changing soon and the whole education system will be flipping so yeah i think there's a play time and place for it for sure but i think mm-hmm. we both agree on that yeah i've been um recently half joking that um so i have two girls um and they're growing up in a bike shop which is typically a pretty male dominated industry it's changing slowly um but so they're already sort of like i don't know i think they just feel more empowered than a lot of girls their age to like use tools and do that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um and i have been joking that if they want to go to trade school we'll pay for it they want to go to college they're gonna to have to figure out there you go. how to pay for it we just my we, husband doesn't think that that's funny i just did a video but, on the chicago women in trades mm-hmm. we just did a whole video on them I'd, i'll show you after this it's fantastic it's a fantastic program mm-hmm. that's a free program too the one i shot okay they just gotta apply and yeah 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 there's it's so awesome. many amazing opportunities yeah. out there that don't involve spending a hundred thousand dollars a year yeah um on very few useful life yep. skills yeah totally so i said i would try and behave myself (laughs) during this podcast but then you got me talking about college yeah (laughs) i knew it would be good (laughs) is there anything else that you'd like to share just in your journey and your family and your business oh man um it's really fun to talk about this stuff it is i i love like when businesses business owners are like more transparent about what real life looks like and mm-hmm. you know financially and um not having it feel like it needs to fit into a certain mold mm-hmm. yeah i think that yeah. there would be so much more um like freedom for people to innovate yeah. and like yep. come up with new business ideas if we weren't sort of locked into this like this is the only way you can do it i mean even just with right. funding like when i was initially starting the idea of the business, you know, I got a stack of books out from the library, like how to start your business. And it's all like chapter two, securing funding. Right. Um, and I was like, what? Like I have to do this. And it was all, you know, put together all of these projections and everything like that's all great stuff to do, Mm -hmm. but it was all with, you know, this idea in mind that like you go to a huge bank or, you know, local credit union whatever and you're you know someone giving you a hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand dollars a million dollars and it's like i don't really think that i a need that 
because it's going to give me all these like false ideas of what my business should be like. Sure. Um, and then B that I want that, like, I don't want to be, uh, beholden to another corporation, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't like care about what we're doing in the community. Right. Like they just want their money back with interest. Um, which again, like that's not wrong to do, but you're just kind of making a deal with someone who actually doesn't care about you at all. Um, but that was like step two of every business, like podcast, you know, the only people I could find that weren't, that were like self-funded for like, oh, I make earrings on Etsy, which is like, that's great. I own plenty of Etsy earrings, but like you went and spent $300 at the craft store and that was sure. like your original investment. Like good for you, but I'm doing something a little right. bit different. It was just so hard to find anybody that was in the middle it's either you're like you go take a million dollars of venture capital money or you start with three hundred dollars yeah it's hard to find anything in the middle so but you figured it out i figured it out well i think you just did it constantly yeah figuring it out i think that's part of it is just like starting Mm -hmm. yeah and not being ashamed to like start small right um because it was like, I don't even know if this will work. This is a crazy idea. And all these people are telling me it won't work. And it's a stupid idea. Um, and so it seems like I need to like put some time and a little bit of money into this and see what it yeah. could become. Um, and it turns out people were excited about it, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be like zero to a hundred overnight or zero to a million (laughs) dollars overnight. Um, yeah, yeah, that first year there were plenty of times that like, I didn't, I didn't have a credit card. I didn't open a credit card because I was like, I need, I don't even want the temptation of putting anything on this credit card. That's like, we'll probably be able to pay it off next Mm -hmm. month. It was like, no, this needs to be a, it was literally a cash only business. Um, I started with $10,000 and there were plenty of times that it was like, okay, I got to make sure that this deposit comes in and this clears before I can do this. But what it did was I proved to myself that we could do it without anything else. It's awesome. Um, And now, you know, we have a credit card and we're more like a real big business, but, um, that was how we started. That's and I don't, awesome. yeah, I don't really like hear people talk about that kind of That's stuff awesome. a lot. So there you, you definitely go. Definitely more than $10,000 now. I'm just looking at your bikes. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of astonishing to me to look at how we, yeah, yeah we started with like three bikes yeah. and I had to and like, now you have how many lined up here? One, two, <sighs> three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's two big boxes behind me. Yeah. There's one yeah, out front. Nine, ten, eleven, all just sitting right here. Yeah, I think we have like twelve. And probably bikes the in average our... price for these are what thirty five hundred. Oh, just something like that. Like just to put it in perspective, five, it's like yeah. now all of a sudden, like, like five thousand. You yeah. have some something like <laughs> mm-hmm. in a retail space. It's crazy. Yeah, you started with ten grand, and and that's just what's in here. It's really cool. Well, thanks. It's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun talking to you. Thanks for hanging out, dealing with my crazy kids running oh. around. Thank you. Well, you guys rock too. And I really especially appreciate you. I know I can't imagine how much like time and energy this takes to 
plan and set everything up we'll and then edit all the terrible things I said. Yeah. Um, we'll probably keep all of like those in. College sucks. <laughs> That's definitely a thing. Um, but thanks for for doing it. Yeah. It's really inspiring to see. In a, yeah, like where there's so little information and uh, inspiration out yeah. there for this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, Family businesses rock. They do. They make the world go around. Yeah, it's really funny. So, they, they really do. 